the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in, and Merry Christmas from us here at Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International. I'm Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. So, as many of you know, me and Pastor Chris have been in the Philippines for the past couple weeks, and we're actually coming back in. We'll have just landed in this week, just in time for Christmas. So, that's really exciting. But, in the meantime, we have a really special show for you this weekend on the weekend of Christmas. And you're going to be hearing from one of our youth ministers, Nicole Mendoza. And she's going to be talking a bit about the meaning of Christmas, why it's so significant. In addition, you're going to hear from some of our um, our youth here at Freedom Fellowship Church and what they have to say about what Christmas means to them, why it's significant to them. So it's going to be really exciting, and I hope that you all enjoy it. So without further ado, here's Nicole Mendoza. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful time with friends and family. And if you're still on the road, I pray you'll be able to arrive home quickly. My name is Nicole, and I'm a youth minister here at Freedom Fellowship Church. Pastor Chris offered me the opportunity to share with all of you today for this Christmas special, and I'm excited for all the Lord is bringing forth as we approach the end of the year. Christmas can be one of those holidays that we gloss over the meaning of every year. We know that Jesus is the reason for the season, but at the same time, this day has become so commercialized, and for some, gift-giving can feel more like an obligation than anything else. Firstly, as Pastor Chris has shared before, if the world wants to commercialize Christmas, then by all means, we should support it. They'll be just as excited as we are when the season rolls around. Maybe for different reasons, but we may as well boost the economy while we're at it, right? All that aside, I hope to encourage you with gifts as more than just a material exchange. Gift-giving has deep roots in Christmas tradition, and as with anything else, when we lose sight of why it began in the first place, it can become merely gestures and powerless words. So, what do we mean when we say Jesus is the reason for the season? Why do we exchange gifts with each other in celebration of his birth here on the earth? To start, let's go back to why gift-giving is so important in the first place. We know that gifts have been a part of the human interaction for thousands of years. It is an act that creates a connection and encourages you to think of others and what is important to them. We see this in Genesis 4, 3-4. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. 
the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. In this way, both Cain and Abel paid homage to the Lord and expressed their love and honor for him through offerings. Gifts can be used as a physical symbol of a personal relationship or for a desire to strengthen that relationship. And whether we realize it or not, that symbol can carry with it our perceived value of that relationship. When we move down to verse 5, we learn that on Cain and his offering, God did not look with favor. If we read further back in scripture, we see that when God made all of creation, he acknowledged that it was good, or in other words, that it was his best. He created man and gave him life to produce from the work of his hands. And when Cain's less than best gift was offered as a token of that relationship between creation and creator, it was no surprise that it was less than honorable. Now, I want to make a distinction between altruism and gift-giving. With the former, there is no expectation of return because it is charitable and another form of giving altogether. In most cases, though, gift-giving creates an underlying expectation for a certain amount of reciprocity. This, of course, doesn't mean that each gift creates an expectation for monetary payment for that gift because that would negate the idea of gift-giving in the first place. When we look at it on a grander scale, within biblical times and recent history, whenever one nation offers a gift to another nation, it establishes a relationship between them and creates an expectation for that gift to be paid in an equal way, whether through an agreement of peace or a gift offered in return. It can be shown to offer respect, honor, or even as a way to emulate God and how gracious He is with us. There is also a certain prestige that comes with giving gifts. Within certain cultures, people in their family could gain respect by the size or show of how much they could give. And that idea is a familiar one. In Mark 12, 41-44, Jesus talks about this kind of prestige when he points out the rich giving out of their wealth, and the poor widow who gives all she has to live on, and therefore has given the most of all. There is no doubt that a gift creates a sort of debt for the recipient. As an old Latin saying goes, I give because I expect you to give something back. It is probably this perspective of gift giving that we shy away from, but the value of the act or being a recipient of the gift isn't something we should deny ourselves. When giving is reciprocated, the indebtedness that is taken shifts back and forth between two parties, which ultimately creates a perpetuating gratitude that only strengthens the bond between them. Surely there is some give and take, but just as Christ gives freely with only the betterment of the relationship in mind, so we must give without the betterment of ourselves in mind. Moreover, there is giving which we experience as a gift in itself. To give reinforces the value we've placed upon a relationship, which allows us to show how much we care for another with something tangible. And in the case of a child, for example, Gifts are given from that same heart or can even be given to help steer them towards a certain interest or build them up in a certain way. So in its purest form, gifts are used to honor, to create, and to help grow a relationship. With all that in mind, let's go back to the story of Christmas. After Jesus was born, wise men traveled to Bethlehem in Matthew 2.11. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, 
and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These wise men felt it imperative to make the long journey in order to find Jesus and honor him with these gifts. When we look at the significance of what they gave, we can see why. The first gift mentioned is gold, which is a gift fit for kings. And Jesus, as the king of kings, was acknowledged early on by this outside party as exactly that. Moreover, commentaries explain how gold was required in the building of the temple in Israel, where the Holy of Holies was erected. It should be noted that gold is incorruptible and does not rust, and was described as having embodied the radiance of the sun, much like our Lord Jesus Christ. Frankincense was the second gift the Magi brought and was an acknowledgement of the priestly role of Jesus. This gift was used as incense in the temple and was offered up with prayer and sacrifices to the Lord. The final gift, myrrh, was used in embalming rituals, a process used after death during the burial, which alludes to the sacrificial death Jesus would endure on the cross for all the sins of mankind. It's also interesting to note that myrrh is a key ingredient in the sacred oil that imparted holiness. It was used to sanctify the temple and the Ark of the Covenant, among other artifacts in the temple, and most importantly, was also used to anoint and consecrate the high priest. So even at a young age, these gifts were given as a confirmation of who Jesus is, recognizing him as a king and the cornerstone, anointing him for his ministry, and preparing him for his sacrifice. Now, with Jesus as our king, our high priest, and our savior, the beautiful part of all this is he doesn't stop there, but he continues to reciprocate these gifts back to us. And through Christ giving up his life, he gives us the gift of everlasting life. For in Romans 8, 1-2, it says that, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And with that life, Jesus commissions us in Matthew 28, 19-20 to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything he has commanded. He gives us the gift of peace, as a priest in the order of Melchizedek, granting us his shalom, or in other words, his wholeness, over every aspect of our lives as holy priests under him. As the word says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18-19, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Finally, along with one of the gifts given to Jesus, as one who has risen after defeating death itself as the king of all the earth, he passes to each one of us power and authority in his name. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, as it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, and that whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, as it says in Matthew 18.18. 18. And moreover, in Luke 10.19, 19, 
He has given us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the earth. Nothing shall hurt us. These are amazing gifts that keep on giving. However, we must keep in mind that these gifts by their nature aren't charitable. They call for a form of reciprocity, of action taken with an active faith. And if you have not yet received these gifts, I admonish you to accept Jesus into your heart today as the Lord and Savior of your life. For as we grow as children of Christ, He continues to empower us by building us up and steering us in a certain direction through gifts of the Spirit, which in 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10 says includes wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation in tongues, which gives us everything we need to do to enact His will in our lives and over our community. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And as we've mentioned many times during previous recordings of this broadcast, there is a greatness about the season we are in. So I encourage you to continue to walk in eager expectation, unity, and power with the Lord. Jesus is the reason for the season. So let us keep in mind His purposes behind it all. And I pray for a special blessing upon you and your family this Christmas week. And I ask for the Lord to continue to pour wisdom, direction, and revelation into your heart that you would be fully equipped for the year to come and to bring glory to His name. May you receive all that the Lord has for you with plenty more to share and give. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope that you continue to dwell on the meaning of Christmas and the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And like we said earlier, we have a special broadcast for you today. A few members of our youth are here to remind you about the true meaning of Christmas, to encourage you and share in your joy for this season. And we have two specials, both a poem and a song, to share with you to celebrate Christmas and the wonder of that holy night. My name is Michaela Farrell. I'm in ninth grade. And during Christmas, I like to be able to see my family, and we always have the best time. Hello, my name is James Sasso, and I am currently on my second year in college. I have also helped with editing the prophetic voice of our time on several occasions. And to me, Christmas is about spending time together with family and just remembering the meaning behind it all. Hi, I'm Erica, and to me, Christmas is about getting to spend time with loved ones, and getting to show love to others. Hello, everyone. I'm Drew Farrell. I'm a senior. And what Christmas means to me is that it's because uh, it's the time of giving. So God has given us plenty of gifts this past year. And every year we get, like, new gifts, the promises he's given to us. And once the new year rolls around, we get even more gifts, brand new gifts. So... Getting it, being able to receive those gifts and look back at those gifts is what means the most to me. I'd like to wish all of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So, what is Christmas, this holiday cheer? 
Is it strung lights on houses that appear every year? Is it boughs decked with holly, trees of glistening pine? Cookies or candy or gifts wrapped in twine? Is it the people, the parties, the tacky red sweater? Or a jolly old legend who makes the eve before better? Can you find it in malls or in parks or on screens, ringing through harmonies of nostalgic things? Perhaps it is there, though yet again, not quite. Perhaps it's been seen amongst less elaborate sights, like a man with so little in an old rustic shelter. Still, his heart is so full and his love is unfettered. It may be cold through the night, but it's warm in his home. With his small little family, he is never alone. The wood may be creaky, the floor hard as stone, but in the arms of each other, how their love has grown. They think back to the promises they heard long ago, before those words had any meaning that either could know. Foretellings of greatness were spoken of them on that night, and a babe born of destiny, a baby of light. And from lands far away and the heavens on high, all pause and marvel at the babe filled with great might. For in their arms they hold a king, a savior of all, the one who even then holds their lives in his palm. The word become man, the living God in the earth, who would come down to save them, to prove all their worth. Though surrounded with gifts of fragrance, myrrh and of gold, the greatest gift of all was yet to be shown. Until 33 years later, when the babe died for all man and cemented the fate he had long since planned. And that man of so little, he is you, he is me, to whom Jesus brought wholeness for all eternity. So if you ask, what is Christmas? Where can it be found? It is not in a trinket. It is not in a sound. It is not in a gift you can buy in a store. It's already been purchased for all, rich and poor. It is love. It is life. It is peace. It is joy. It is grace and abundance. It is bondage destroyed. Search deep in his stillness and you'll see what it is. The gift that is in you, that is Christmas. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior. sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary soul rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, hear the angels' voices 
of one another. His law is love, and His gospel is peace. Chains shall He break, for the slave is our brother, and in His name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, in grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise His holy name. great rendition of uh, Oh Holy Night by uh, Kobe Randall. And you know, we really do have such a great handful of, of talent here at Freedom Fellowship Church, and you, you get to see a little glimpse of that here in this in this episode today. So that's really exciting, but as you may have noticed, we're running out of time for this week. We are so glad that you guys were willing to come in and listen to us this week. And it's really an exciting time. In the coming weeks, you're going to be hearing from Pastor Chris and possibly myself as well as we're going to be recounting some of what happened in the Philippines while we were there. So that's going to be really exciting. And um, in addition to that, you know the 
Prophetic Gathering of the Saints is just, you know, next week. So we are uh, really excited. Pastor Chris has already been getting her notes together for that as well. So that's really exciting. And we look forward to seeing many of you there. As far as registration goes, I think there is still some last-minute registration that's available. But you have to register as soon as possible. And I mean as soon as possible, if you want to go to the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints, you need to do it as soon as possible. You can go to our website, www.sogmi.org, and go to the Events tab. And you can pay online and register and find your spot. That's This is definitely not an event that you want to miss. We're going to be holding it New Year's Eve, and God's going to use it to usher in the new year 2018. And man, 2017, it was it was really exciting. It was a doozy. There was so much that happened. But I believe that 2018 is going to be even more miraculous, more extraordinary than the last. And, you know, that's something that we have to live each and every day as Christians. You know, we're going from glory to glory. So again, Merry Christmas to all of you from all of us here at Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International. And until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.